The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. I'm your host, Tim Ash, and I'm the CEO and president of SiteTuners.com. And on today's program, we're going to be talking about language. What kind of words convert and sell? Seems like a pretty straightforward topic, but there's a lot of nuances and a lot of very common mistakes that we see people making with regard to writing for conversions. So today's whole show is going to dive into that topic. Uh, Now, as many of you who follow uh, Jakob Nielsen's work on web usability know, people don't even read on the web. They skim. And so one of the things that we're going to talk about today is that the attention span of people who are reading your website and your text is really that of about a lit match. And uh, if you don't provide them the information they need instantly, they're gone and they're never coming back. And so what we want to do is focus on the adaptations that you need to make to your writing. In other words, your writing's probably okay for print. It's, uh, it's probably okay for other media, but it's really not okay for the web. And so the things that we want to focus on is to give, get out of people's way, give them the information concisely and quickly, and this is going to lead to higher conversion rates for you and, frankly, higher satisfaction for your listeners. So in order to increase the odds of a, of a favorable outcome – we want to focus on three areas of writing, and these are structure, tone, and format. So let's talk about structure first. Now, if any of you are journalism or writing majors, you've probably ran across this in your college classes, and you've heard the word inverted pyramid. When you write for the web, you should use inverted pyramid style. Now, I know that uh, maybe not a term that everybody's comfortable with or has heard before. So basically, what does it mean? Well, when we order something, we need to, or when we write for the web, rather, we need to control both the primacy of it or the ordering in order to control the saliency or the importance of it. And that's a fancy way of saying that basically you put your conclusions and key points first. In other words, if they're going to take away only a little bit of information, you want them to take away the stuff that's important to you. So less important and supporting information should be placed last. And this is critical because, again, nobody reads on the web, so chances are the stuff at the end of your whole long-winded way of writing something on a web page isn't going to get read by most of your visitors. That's the fact, Jack. So this is probably not an earth-shaking insight, because you've seen this before, and you see it if you still read newspapers every day on a newspaper page. What do you have? Well, you have 
you know, kind of the same audience in the newspaper. These are people that are probably busy. They're reading it on the way to work or during lunch or during a break or something. I, I mean, except for your leisurely sit down with your Sunday paper when you're going to do the New York Times crossword. Most of us are reading information to quickly, very quickly, gather news on a variety of topics. And it's conveniently in a newspaper organized for us by sections. But more importantly, within each section, it's organized by the layout. Now, what do you see on a typical newspaper page? Well, the prominence of the headline tells you how important something is. The biggest headlines go at the top of the page usually. And if there's some really earth-shaking event, you use extra-large font for it. And so by saying, look here first, just the size of the headline, the number of columns it spans, and the amount of you know, real estate, if you will, on the page that you devote to it, it's very clear what's important. And we should be using the same thing on the web. And so it, and that allows people to choose, okay, among the things that you're offering, which should they focus on? You're kind of guiding them by the relative size or importance of something and saying, this is the big font headline, look here. You're telling them what you think is important. Your website visitors can arrive on your page from a variety of links, um, and you need to give them information in a very condensed format. In other words, in, again, if you ever study journalism, they tell you in the first paragraph you have to tell them the what, where, why, and how of the event, of the news you're trying to transmit. And so very much in the same vein, you have to hit them with the important information first. That means, number one, keep your pages short. This will allow them to be digested in small little sound bites that are about the equivalent of, of a web visitor's attention span. There's a lot of evidence that show that the less information you put on the page, the higher the retention is going to be and the recall of that information, and also the higher the conversion rate. So everybody's happy. Now, this doesn't, by the way, mean that you shouldn't have more detailed supporting information if that's necessary, but you can always just hide that under a more details link that leads them off to another page. That's the beauty of the web being a hypertext medium. So, remember, keep it short. Never write in complete you know, uh, paragraph style and basically get out of people's way. That's, that's very important. The only exceptions that I would see to this uh, are long sales letters. These are obviously something that also call for a call to action and are kind of a direct response mechanism. But we've actually seen where for some products, and these are usually kind of pitch letters for consumer products for a game that kind of a naive, maybe self-improvement audience that are at a pretty low price point, and a lot of times, long sales letters work, um, so that kind of violates everything I've said. Uh, so the ultimate answer, as you'll hear many, many times on our landing page optimization show, is test it. See if the short version works better than the long version. But we have seen where we've taken long sales letters apart and broke them up into little microsites and chunked up all that information conveniently and logically and we've managed to drop our conversion rate by half. Uh, that's not exactly the outcome we were looking for. So um, long sales letters are probably the prominent example or counterexample to a lot of the stuff I'm saying. But it is the exception rather than the rule. In most other circumstances, 
writing in this inverted pyramid style with the most important information first is definitely the right structure for you to use. Now, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. This is LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the tone of your writing. Another very, very important consideration. Go behind the scenes of LPO with their Facebook fan page. Search for LPO, Landing Page Optimization Podcast, on Facebook now. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Jeez, another year with no refund from the IRS. I got a nice chunk of change this year. I'm buying a new car and I'm going to Fiji. How in the world did you do that? I got in on TaxBrain.com's affiliate program. And it's easy to make big money during tax season just by bringing them other people paying their taxes. TaxBrain.com? How does that work? With TaxBrain.com's affiliate program, I command a huge payday with their nitro payouts because I get paid for leads as well as sales. That sounds easy. How do you do it? They give me all the tools it takes, like dedicated publisher support, analytics capabilities, custom tracking and creative services, and so much more that I need to make money the easy way. Wow. With 140 million households paying taxes every year, I bet there's no shortage of business all season long. Now you got the idea. Make money off the tax man. How do I find out more? Visit TaxBrain.com forward slash affiliates to find out more. TaxBrain.com, America's online tax service. Oh, wise master, I've climbed up this mountain to seek your wisdom. Yes, how can I help you, my son? I've traveled far to ask why my business isn't growing. You are on top of this mountain when you should be on topnichenetworks.com. But I need answers. You should be on topnichenetworks.com, specializing in direct marketing and lead generation as well as list management. Topnichenetworks.com has exclusives and leading payouts. They welcome new affiliates with hot offers. We don't seem to get the results we need at a price we can afford. Topnichenetworks.com will work on a performance-only basis, so you only pay for results. TopNicheNetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance-only basis. And that's a good thing, because my butt's falling asleep. Mobile Presence, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. Oh, welcome back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. This show is all about conversion and improving the efficiency of your landing pages. Today we're talking about writing, and before the break, we're talking about the structure of your web writing and how to get the maximum conversions by using inverted pyramid writing style. Next, I'd like to focus on tone. And uh, here is another important thing that you can do to really cut through the clutter. Uh, Remember, the context in which you're, you're seeing your web visitors, they're on the web. They have a universe of information available to them, and they're getting barraged by all kinds of advertising. 
And they, you know, somebody uh, once did a study, and this was online and offline, and, and saw that you were subjected to about 3,000 promotional messages or brand messages a day. Think about it, folks. 3,000 messages. And when we're on the web, we have to filter out stuff all the time. There's banner ads. There's animations. There's text ads. There's all kinds of unrelated stuff. So basically, we have our our bullshit filters turned up to full. And we're trying to figure out how to you know, just navigate without this assault on our senses. And so you had to maybe interrupt your visitors and scream for their attention to get them to your landing page. But remember, now they're there. For at least the next few seconds, you have their attention. So you really, really need to switch gears. One of the biggest mistakes that marketers make when designing landing pages is to write in what I call marketees. And uh, basically what that is, is uh, this over-the-top promotional style. We're the world's greatest something or other. And you know what? That's, it's probably not true. Uh, and you know, There are millions of high-quality companies and services out there, and to say that we're the world's lead is leading supplier of something or the leading purveyor of something is disingenuous. I mean, you know, you may, you know, believe your own BS, but the fact is, the objective reality is there's probably no substantiation for it. But even worse than this is the is the kind of the load that it imposes on your visitors. Now, they hate marketees. Basically, it's a waste of their time, and more importantly, it's a waste of their mental CPU cycles, if you will. They have to wade through all of the BS that you throw in at them. In other words, you know, th- this may be acceptable in a press release, although I think less and less so, but you really have to cut out anything that will hype you, that will inflate your capabilities, or anything that can't be substantiated. So you're sapping people's energy, you're sapping their attention. You're forcing them to spend more time separating the content from the fluff in what you say. And this results in long word counts. And remember what I said in the earlier section about the structure of your writing and the inverted pyramid style? One of the key things that you want to do is to keep things short because that accords with the attention span that people are going to give it. So let's figure out how do we actually create a hype-free zone on a landing page. Well, here's the three keys to writing and avoiding you know, good writing and avoiding marketees. Number one, don't use any adjectives. Number two, provide only objective information. And number three, focus on the needs of your audience. Now. Let's talk about some of these in turn and expand on them a little bit. Write factually. Don't use any adjectives. I mean, this is actually a lot harder than it sounds when you first start doing it. But then once you get into it, it gets easier and easier. So the first thing you should do is to take the text of your current landing page and cross out all the adjectives. Adjectives are subjective. Cross them out, see what's left. Okay, next step is to take out 
anything that can't be supported objectively. Subjective claims. They may not be adjectives, but they're subjective. Okay. And see what you're left with. Now, rearrange all that and cook it down into something that's you know, grammatically correct and appropriate. You'll be amazed at how much more effective your writing is going to be if you do all that. Because they're not there to be entertained. I mean, we're not talking about an entertainment site per se. We're talking about a landing page designed for a conversion. They don't want to be marketed to. They're there to deal with the specific need or to address a problem that they're going to have. So the best kind of information you can give them is objective. And they don't have to sit there and filter out every third word because it's some kind of adjective or some claim you're making and they have to judge the validity of it. So don't mess up their flow, their train of thought, or throw sand into the gears by having them wade through all of that stuff. The second thing that's really important is to write in a way that's task-oriented. Now, I'll cover this in other programs but basically, if you look at the visitor and the different roles and categories of people that show up on your landing page, they're usually there to solve a specific task. It may be to, for instance, find more information about how to find a certain product. You know, what's important, for instance, in a digital camera purchase? Um, or they might be at a comparison stage and looking for to, okay, now I know what's important. How do I find the best models? How do, I, how do I identify the models that fit my criteria? Or I may have already decided on a, on a uh, service or product I want to buy. And then my objective is where do I find, for instance, the lowest price product right now that's available in stock? Okay. Now, notice those are three different tasks. One is figure out what's important in a, in a decision. The second is compare alternatives available within a framework that I consider important. And the third is to buy something at the cheapest price and in stock. Very different tasks. So you may have a goal of getting everybody on your landing page to buy. And you know what? The fact is people may not be ready for it. So your language and your messaging and how you organize the text on the page has to correspond to all of the possible scenarios of tasks that they might be trying to accomplish. So basically, you might you know, lay it out in, the, in this kind of um, research, compare, customize, purchase process if we're talking about some kind of e-commerce scenario. But there are probably similar conceptual tasks that are, that are separate for other kinds of landing pages as well. So, and then the, the other important thing to do is to be really precise in your writing. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, the audience can be very diverse. In many cases, they're worldwide. They're bringing different cultural background uh, to your landing page and interpretations of even how you use language. So it's very, very important to be careful about the exact choice of words that you use. For instance, never try to be funny or clever. Don't use puns or metaphors or colloquial expressions. And this is especially true for the actionable parts of the site, that is your link text or your button text. The visitor needs to have a very clear understanding of what's going to happen when they click on something. So the text link should describe what's going to happen on the target page, on the next page that they're going to get to. So an example of unhelpful links would be stuff like, click here. That's not very helpful. Click here. 
Okay, it's a wasted opportunity to tell them what's going to happen or what that option of clicking on that text is going to do for them. Um, also, of course, link text is used by search engines to you know, basically determine the relatedness of different pages. So you actually get a bonus if your link text is um, on target and on message for the landing page you're sending it to. It'll actually help increase that page's visibility in search engines. So basic, the same is true of buttons. You should accurately describe the intended actions, such as uh, you know what happens when you click a button. So for instance, in e-commerce, many buttons say, buy it now next to the product when the actual action that's happening and what's going to see what you're going to see on the next page is add to cart so buy it now is scary i have to do it right now i have to buy it now you mean if i click that button you're going to charge my credit card somehow i mean some people actually think in those terms so you have to be very specific and say add to cart another one you know people say order now when they really mean proceed to checkout from the uh, the shopping cart page. So this causes this unnecessary stress and anxiety on the part of the visitor. They may feel threatened, you know, about what your button says. Let me give you another quick example on Pet Care RX. This is a, a pharmacy for pets for pet supplies. They had a little bone, a doggy bone, and on it it said the word fetch, and that was actually their search function for their website. Now think about that. I have to spend my mental time thinking, is a bone the same as a button? And then I have to spend more mental time thinking, is fetch the same as search? Now, I'm sure that their marketing people thought that was really clever, and the CEO looked at it and said, hey, look, a bone that says fetch, that's perfect. Fetch me the information. And they all thought they were geniuses. But actually, if you take a look at the cumulative amount of wasted effort and lost conversions just due to that cutesy kind of imprecise languaging, that's a huge financial loss to them. And finally, you need to be concise. Become a word miser. Ask, how can I make this even shorter? Do I really need to communicate this at all? Going, uh, you know, brevity has advantages. It increases absorption and recall of information. It minimizes the amount of time people spend looking for something, and it, and it basically decreases the likelihood of frustration and impatience. And it also, of course, supports the goal of inverted pyramid writing and scannable text that I'm going to talk about after the break. So we're moving into our, our last break, and uh, when we come back on landing page optimization, we're going to talk about the format of text and how to use that effectively to improve conversions. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Have a good weekend, Andy. See you, Andy. Hey, Jim, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast, inexpensive, excellent, and on time. Offshoring.com. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. 
Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Hey, what's that sound coming from your computer? That's the sound of me making money with ReferBack.com. They've shown me how to... ReferBack.com showed me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. ReferBack gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog, too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit ReferBack.com. Career Considerations with Penelope Trunk. Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. Welcome back. This is LPO, Landing Page Optimization, with your host, Tim Ash. We've been talking on this show about effective writing for conversions. And the first couple of topics we've talked about are the structure and the tone of your writing. In this final section, we're going to talk about the format of your writing. Now, this is going to get into some technical issues in a way, but that are critical to the success of your copywriting for conversions. And so I'm going to give you some quick guidelines to help you write what I call scannable text. And they may be against every rule that your English teacher ever taught you in school. They're going to break grammar rules, formatting rules, everything. But this is what actually works. So I strongly suggest that you stick with this. So the first thing is to write in fragments or short sentences. Don't worry about being grammatically correct as long as you've made yourself clear. It's all right to use sentence fragments to not put bullet points at the end of your sorry, periods at the end of your bullet lists, just get the information across in as few words as possible. The second tip is to use digits instead of words to write out numbers. For instance, you write out the numerals 4 and 7 instead of the words 47. Because, again, it's much easier for people to pick up that information visibly. uh, Visibly. And... It also minimizes the amount of overhead and cognitive space we use and also shortens the length of text. Also, highlight important information-carrying words. In other words, don't highlight the whole sentence. Stick to two or three-word phrases, but if you need to pull something out by using bolding or using italics, you know, feel free to do that. Your page doesn't have to be just this bland sea of regular text. If there's an important concept you want to pull out in the middle of something, just go ahead and bold it. Use clear page titles and also clear headings and subheadings. This is really, really critical. People will scan your page. They may not be interested in the first topic on the page. They may want to dive down into the second or third. So put these little markers in there for them to know how the page is organized, basically hierarchically, and where the sections begin and what they're all about. And use ordinary language. Now, this is something that many of us have a hard time doing, especially if we're in specialized fields. We tend to use jargon. We tend to use acronyms. And they're not really well understood by the common people, by the people visiting your site. 
Again, remember, there's a real broad array of backgrounds and life experiences that, that people are bringing to your site. So you need to just keep it at kind of the lowest common denominator, words that are acceptable to everybody. And I call this the mother-in-law test. Uh, I just use this simple test that when I think about this stuff. Would my mother-in-law understand it? And if the answer is yes, then I'm probably on the right track. If the answer is no, then I need to figure out some other way of saying the same thing. Another good tip is to use active voice and action verbs. That's just good copywriting for conversion taken from the direct response and direct marketing world, and it still hasn't lost its appeal. You should, you should never use passive voice when writing or kind of weird constructions of verbs. Another thing is to use bullet lists instead of paragraphs. If you can say the same thing, if you have a paragraph with four or five sentences, turn that into a bullet list with four or five bullet points. And again, cut it down to sentence fragments and phrases to, if that's enough to get the point across. People don't read paragraph text. Now, many of you may have seen the old... Uh, Charlie Brown cartoons where Charlie Brown is sitting in his class and whenever the adults or teachers speak you hear something like this they, they say well whenever you use long blocks or paragraph text that's what your reader is seeing they will not read your text let me say it again they will not read paragraph text if you have a headline or, or a subheading with three or four quick bullet points, that might be enough to hold their attention. But they will not read detailed text, again, unless it's specifically on a more detailed page, in which case you can give them the whole kitchen sink because they asked for it. But don't put that in the middle of your conversion path directly. Now, if you are going to write in bullets or in list fashion, which is also a great alternative, keep the list to between three and seven items. Now, there, this has been shown again and again that human short-term memory can't accept more than about seven items on a list. If you try to ask people to recall lists of various lengths, they will all start falling down past seven. That's another reason why uh, phone numbers, at least in the U.S., are, are seven digits, because they're easy to remember. As soon as you go to eight, that recognition breaks down. Now, there's ways of chunking information into from individual elements down to bigger groups uh, as a kind of a coping strategy, but again, that's extra work on the part of your visitors, and you don't want to make work for them. So if you're going to have lists, numbered lists or bulleted lists, Keep them to three to seven items. And if you're going to have kind of an outline structure to your page, main headings and subheadings, that's great. And as I said, that's a way to kind of index and find very quickly the information that somebody might be looking for. But don't use more than two levels for lists or headings. Beyond that, it just gets ridiculous. It's not an aid to navigation. It's this really deep outline that people have to spend time keeping track of where they are in the middle of it, and that's not helpful at all. And as I've already discussed in the last segment, use descriptive link text. Tell them in the link exactly what they're going to get when they land on the target page. Tell them. So go back and look at your link text and just think, if I didn't know anything on the, else on the page that I'm on, will I know what that link represents? 
And then again, use supporting links to present supplemental information. And don't put it all, you can say it all, but you don't have to say it on the landing page. All right, well, that concludes this segment of landing page optimization, LPO. Thanks for joining me for this half hour. Hopefully now you have a real good handle on how to write for better conversions. We've covered structure, tone, and format. Go back and put some of these ideas into practice, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you.